Hey guys, I'm Brendan. And I'm Jayla. We would like to welcome you to the Sustaining Life podcast. A lot of people have questions about the situations they face and the struggles that come with them. There are those who think the Bible does not provide modern day solutions to our crazy lives. There are those who think the Bible isn't relevant to this day and age. Anxiety, depression, hurt, bitterness, and suffering. The Bible really does have answers and hope for all of these things. Let's Let's dive dive in. in. Hey guys, and welcome back to Sustaining Life Podcast. Uh, We're so excited that you decided to join us today with your time, and we're thankful for that. And uh, we have a special guest, Pastor Roger Filer, and he's here to chat a little bit about some things. So, uh, Brother Filer, if you could introduce yourself a little bit, that would be wonderful. Sure, sure. Uh, Happy to be with you uh, this evening, Brother Cribs, and uh, consider it an honor and privilege to just have this conversation, talk about God, and uh, talk about how great he is. Uh, as uh, you've already mentioned, uh, I'm a pastor. Uh, I've been in the city of Alexandria, Minnesota now for uh, 20 years. Uh, this, this month begins our 20th year of pastoring, and uh, I'm happy to be part of uh, this district uh, in the United Pentecostal Church International, and uh, I've held several different roles within our district. Uh, I, I've been a camp administrator, uh, a men's director, and uh, Sunday school secretary, and uh, just the list gets right on and on. And but uh, right now, I presently hold a position as a presbyter uh, for our section, and uh, it's just uh, I love uh, working for the Lord. I've been married 35 years. I have four children, and uh, four grandchildren, and another one due in uh, December. So God's been good to us, and uh, it's just uh, want to see people know the Lord. And uh, I'm originally from. Elkhart, Indiana, um, actually a transplant into the state of Minnesota, uh, but my wife and I attended ABI, Apostolic Bible Institute, uh, clear back in the 80s, uh, <laughs> imagine that, yeah. but uh, kind of date myself there a little bit, but uh, uh, grew up in Indiana uh, under my father, uh, founding pastor of that church, and went to Bible school, came back, became a youth leader, and then uh, was there for five years, became associate pastor, and uh, just uh, been in ministry almost my whole life. And uh, it's just, uh, that's who I am. And it's always a privilege to serve God and to serve people. And so uh, tonight, I hope that uh, I can serve someone here tonight on this podcast. Absolutely. Well, that's beautiful. So you've been around the block a little bit, you know, so we're, oh, we're excited yeah. about that. Well, uh, I want to jump right in. I'm excited. I think, I think, uh, some people are going to definitely be blessed tonight. And how I want to start is just uh, probing your mind a little bit about some lessons and insights you've learned in ministry, some things that maybe have caught you off guard or some things that uh, maybe are a passion to you, some things that uh, you've learned along the way that really just uh, are become convictions, become passions, become important to you. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about that? Okay. Um, in ministry, uh, um, it's, it's learning how to have people skills and sure. uh, uh, having people skills is very, very important in, in the ministry. Uh, life's lessons, uh, I would say in ministry, we have to really learn how to trust God uh, because God does give us talents and abilities uh, when he fills us with his spirit, you know, that there's giftings that he gives us, but uh, it's developing those uh, ourselves and then allowing God to mold and shape that gift uh, for his purpose. And so uh, I would say uh, just learning how to 
step out in faith. Trust God for every situation. Uh, uh, in ministry, another part that I, I've learned the hard way a couple of times is uh, you got to kind of thicken your skin, if I can put it that way. Uh, yeah. because it's not always easy dealing with people. Uh, but, uh, once we gain certain skills, knowing when to speak and when to listen, uh, I think that's a life skill that, uh, a lot of times we overlook. We always have our opinion we want to share, but it's, uh, learning how to listen. And sometimes we hear things that are shocking and, uh, even offensive. Uh, and I've learned in, in ministry that, um, not to take things personal, even though there may be things said, you know, if you're in a council session or in a, just a conversation, let's say after a service or talking on the street, uh, it's learning to discern what's really being said because sometimes the words that are being said is not what's really being said. Yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, that's where the leading of the spirit can come. Uh, life lessons. Uh, another life lessons is, no matter how bad one can hurt, been hurt, or what kind of tragedies come into your life, um, God is faithful. And uh, I, the worst tragedy in my life is when my father uh, had moral failure. And uh, that really shook my world because my father was my, my pastor, my hero, the one I looked up to. Yeah. Uh, and uh, some of the lessons I learned in that time, and I won't give no details, but uh, of what happened with him. But uh, what I did learn in that period of time was that uh, God is there. God understands. God is faithful. And uh, when I was crying out in my pain, uh, in that process, uh, God molded me and shaped me. I didn't run from God. I didn't blame God. Uh, I didn't ask those questions. Many times people ask, you know, how could you allow this to happen, God? Uh, but I just totally surrendered and, and uh, just yielded. And there were so many God moments that happened in those, in that period of time that developed my ministry. And yeah. even though I was there under my father as an assistant, when that tragedy came into my life, uh, that thing launched me into a deeper relationship with God greater dependence on God. And uh, that's one of the life lessons. If you're going to be in ministry, no matter what it is, uh, a youth pastor, a Sunday school teacher, or even just a lay person, it's uh, believing and trusting and having that faith in God that he will make a way and that yeah. he has the solution. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, and I've learned that no matter what I face, uh, in my life, in my family, in my ministry, uh, God has ways that are astounding, uh, divine. And so that's one life lesson that I've learned, Brother Cribs, is that God knows and God understands. Because Absolutely. some people, they feel so isolated when they have tragedy and hurt uh, that no one understands me. Perhaps you've heard that statement. No one understands how I'm feeling. And... Uh, that, that's the sign of a wound that is very deep. But uh, the life lesson that I've learned is that God does know. Yeah. And if we will trust him, uh, scripture says that all things work together for good uh, for them that are called and love the Lord. And so I, I just encourage people as we're talking tonight, 
that no matter where they are, no matter what has happened, there is a God. His name is Jesus. And he has the ability, he has the knowledge and the power to do whatever needs to be done in your situation. So that's just a brief summary of some of the life lessons of trusting God, having faith in God, no matter what we're having to deal with day by day. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a, that's really awesome. Like all those things you said, there's so much to unpack and unfold there. Um, I wanted to, to, to jump back and uh, re- kind of refer back to two specific things that you said. I'd like to kind of uh, get some elaboration on. Um, a lot of people use the word faith and a lot of use, people use the word surrender. And I don't know, when I think of those words, I think they're very powerful. Yeah. And there's a lot of depth and substance, but there's a lot of people that have different uh, concepts, I feel like of what surrender looks like and what faith looks like, you know, spiritually and practically. And we see like, for example, with faith, we see the great aha, big, huge moments in the Bible where Moses part, you know, God part part of the Red Sea for Moses and he walked through it. We see David and Goliath, this young boy defeated a giant, you know, for the, for the situations that we face in our day-to-day life, what would you say some things would be in terms of faith that God would consider that's great faith of that person, even though we we may not consider it great. We may not consider it as this enormous event in our life, but God looks at it and says, that's faithful. And I honor that. I guess, what are some examples that you can think of that uh, might be good descriptions of that? Well, David said it this way. He said, he daily loadeth me with benefits. Yeah. Uh, he said his mercies are new every morning. And uh, when it comes to having what well, we would say practical faith, you know, uh, Hebrews tells us that uh, we first have to believe there is a God. Uh, but in a practical sense is, I think it's just that daily acknowledging that um, I'm alive, I'm breathing, uh, I have strength to do my job. Faith that uh, I can just live, you know, and, and some people get so despaired in their life's realities that they lose that faith that there's someone knows. Um, I think about it, uh, and I draw a lot of thoughts from scripture, yeah. is that, you know, uh, if, if a son asks his father for bread, will he give him a stone? You know, I, and I think faith is saying, I'm going to ask God for just the basic things, our daily bread. And when we experience, you know, it, you know, uh, just the basics of life, breath, uh, nutrition, uh, health, these, these things that uh, God designed for us. And it's just that simple acknowledging, you know, uh, scripture teaches us that we increase our faith by hearing the word of God. Yeah. And uh, that's not just, uh, hearing, but it's reading. And, you know, we read the Word of God, and I, I think one of the things that has helped me is when I study the Scripture and I find a promise, and I ask God, I said, "Now, is that promise that I just read uh, for me?" Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things that, that we are given in in, a, in the Old Testament is honor thy father and mother, the first command with a promise of a long life. And uh, I, I see many, I have a father-in-law right now that is going to be 88. Oh, wow. And uh, I, I look at him as an example of a man that's, uh, he's never been in ministry, but he's been a faithful Christian. 
and he's worked hard. And here he has, he's still as strong as can be. So that's what I would say is practical faith is just doing what we can in the natural and having the thoughts that is there more for me? Can I do more for God? And he shows up and all of a sudden we see things come to pass uh, in the process of time that shows that God is faithful. And if we will continue to trust, that was one of the thoughts I was thinking about sharing tonight is learning how to trust God and how to have faith in God. I, I, I can look up uh, and see the sunshine and knowing that it's 93 million miles away and I can feel the heat from that, that increases my faith. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's been, uh, the, the sun shining has been faithful. The seasons yeah. have been faithful. And so when I look at nature, you know, the last few days here in Minnesota, it's been cool. Uh, so I know that we're going into another season. And so that's just, that's just some of the realities of God's faithfulness is that the seasons are still happening. Uh, we're getting older by the moment. Yep. <laughs> so just being alive, is, yeah. if that makes sense to someone, uh, that how faithful God is. Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. I um, I had a thought I was thinking about in terms of you know faith, and uh, I guess my one of my thought processes go, you know, if we believe the Bible, if we believe God's promises, as you mentioned, there's a promise in Jeremiah. Uh, it says, um, you know, I am the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? So if we believe that, if we have an we have an understanding of there, there's nothing too hard for God, then there has to be something that God does in our life that proves that. There's evidence in our everyday life, like you said, the seasons. Uh, there's evidence of God's faithfulness and his mercies as his, you know, the prophetic word in the Bible comes alive every single day. Yes. Like you look around and you can see all different things that the Bible prophesied about. And, I, you know, people, a lot of times when they look at prophecy, they, they have different perceptions. You know, everybody has different opinions about that. But one of my personal beliefs and convictions is, you know, the prophecies that we see today, you know, they're truly to me. Those, that's God's mercies. Like that's God's goodness. That's that God is giving us evidence every day. I'm here. I'm here for you. You can call to me. You can look to me and I'm there for you. And I think it's so precious that a merciful God, a God that's omniscient, omnipresent and can do anything stops by and says, Hey, look at this. I I made this for you kind of thing. And I think it kind of leads up into uh, it. it, To me, it's hopeful. You know, it's, it's hopeful that we have a God that we can turn to. And um, along the lines of that, you mentioned also surrender, which I wanted to get to, too. Sure. Surrendering. So I guess um, I'll, I'll pose a hypothetical and just kind of can continue with the conversation. Sure. You know, for those people that may be struggling, maybe uh, they've been wounded, like you mentioned about somebody being wounded. Maybe they've been wounded by their perception of God or by someone that they love in their life. How does someone like that um, surrender? How do they surrender what's inside of them? How do they give what has been taken from them? how they, that's how they feel anyway, and been damaged. How do they surrender? What does that look like? Well, when we're wounded, we got, we got to guard against becoming bitter, uh, becoming, I guess, uh, becoming critical. So how do we surrender those feelings that come with being wounded? Uh, If we're a human being, we're going to be wounded at some point in time. So how do we give that up? Uh, Well, again, we we have to uh, realize that uh, the wounds that we experience in life, uh, 
they can either make or break us. And so I have to surrender when I'm wounded, what I want in return from that wound. Uh, A lot of times, you know, we want to get our pound of flesh or we want to get revenge or we want to give a a piece of our mind. Yeah. But uh, to surrender those things that we would desire to do in the flesh, we got to step back from the situation and, and put some effort into thinking it through. There, there's a cliche, speak before you, uh, think before you speak, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, surrendering what I want to do in a hurtful situation. It's not easy, but um, I got to learn how to wait on the Lord. And mm-hmm. I, that's part of surrendering is learning how to wait uh, in, in, in the moment or in the heat of a conversation or an argument, you know, we respond too quickly. And so to surrender uh, uh, revolves, you know, the, the international sign of surrender is raising our hands yeah. and, and, uh, we raise our hands when we're being threatened. Yeah. And that says, I am going to do whatever you want me to do. If someone yeah. wants to take your wallet and they have a gun and they point at you, you surrender. And, and I, I think that's what we need to do, how we need to surrender to God when we're hurt when we're frustrated yeah we need to raise our hands and say god i'm gonna do what you want me to do and god is never gonna want us to lash out uh, with harsh words yeah uh, as i was thinking about our time here tonight brother Chris, uh forgiveness is one way we surrender yeah uh loving the the offender is one way to surrender because those two things uh, are part of God's will. Yeah. Are part of God's plan. And when we can forgive the one, we surrender our, our right. That's what surrender is, is surrendering our rights for revenge. Jesus, the scripture says that vengeance is mine. Thus saith the Lord. Yeah. So knowing how to allow God to take care of a situation is one way to surrender. Uh, because I know this, I've learned this lesson, that when I take uh, offense or if I've been wounded and I take it into my own hands, I usually make it worse. Yep. <laughs> and it doesn't yep. get better. But if I will surrender to the scriptures, if I will seek the scriptures and in prayer, God, what do I need to do? I'm going to surrender to your direction. God's mm-hmm. never failed. He's always made a way to show me how to deal with that hurt. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, it, it's not always easy, but yeah. I've, I've learned this and I could probably think of four or five times that, that I've had to surrender because I wanted to do one thing, but through prayer and stepping back, God put the thoughts that I needed to have because I, and I knew it wasn't me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not something I would do naturally. And that's one sign of surrendering is uh, this it's not a normal thing for us to do, but all of a sudden we realize that, well, that makes good sense or that's logical to do it this way. And, and I think if we can learn to step back and, and surrender what we consider our right and let God step into it, uh, we'll be much happier. And, and in the process of all that, I, I find that God heals. Absolutely. You know, yeah. and, uh, 
when an offended brother is restored or a wound that we have suffered uh, is healed, uh, isn't that the right thing? Isn't that the best thing? It creates such a bond too. Yeah, it does. And, and, you know, that just made me think, you know, we become closer to those once we go, once we take the courage to surrender and even taking the low road and saying, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's so beneficial. And I think there's a lot of hurt wounded people that uh, it, if they could just step out and do that, that they would realize that God is faithful. We can't be responsible for how they react, right. but it, it brings a peace into our spirit. Yeah. You know, I tell someone I'm sorry, not for their benefit, but for my benefit. And yeah. that's part of surrendering. And so... Yes. Hopefully I've said something there that, that makes uh, good sense. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think it's so crucial too. You know, I think there's kind of, um, I think there's times where uh, people kind of get backwards thinking a little bit, not intentionally. They want to do the right thing. You know, they want to, they want to say the right things and live the right way. But there's, there's this thinking, I think, in a lot of different uh, Christians' minds to where they think I had to be strong enough. And I had to be wise enough and I had to be educated a certain way to be effective or to be someone who can, who can forgive or to minister to somebody. Yeah. And if you look at scripture, you'll find very quickly that's never been the case. You know, we read in scripture where it says, when I'm weak, he's strong. Yeah. You know, we read in scripture that it says his ways are higher than our ways. So it's never been about our strength or our wisdom. It's about relying on God, like you mentioned, surrendering it to him, knowing all too well, I can't manage this by myself. I know I've had... Um, situations in my life and people in my life that I have had a very hard time forgiving. Even if, even when I know it's the right thing to forgive, like I know it's the right thing to love them. It's such a difficult process to surrender and say, okay, I'm going to let all this righteousness, righteous ignitation away. Even if I've been the one that's wronged, Jesus says, you still need to love him, forgive him, turn your cheek again. And it's so crucial. I think it's one of the, the, like the top priorities or top job descriptions of a Christian is loving and forgiving, loving and forgiving. And, um, I, you know, I, th- what I think of is I think of mercy and grace, you know, yeah. and for a lot of people, they don't know that mercy and grace are slightly different. Mercy is when you give somebody mercy that maybe they didn't deserve, you know, and they, they did something that they didn't deserve necessarily naturally in a natural sense, they didn't deserve forgiveness. But I think sometimes we get mixed up between, what is our right to have mercy and what is our right to have grace? Sure. Because when somebody sins and they fall short of the glory of God, yeah. yeah, we might be involved, but they're really going to God. They're sinning to God. And what is it of my right to say, I'm going to give mercy to this person. And that's why I think sometimes it's so much more important for Christians to always extend grace and favor and love and the benefit of the doubt rather than mercy, because I feel like we have to give mercy too. I want to yeah. be clear on that. Um, but it's I have to be careful, and I think we have to be careful in our thinking. How much, how how good are we? You know what I mean. When we're looking at somebody in our relationships, how 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 good am I that I deserve the right or the authority to provide someone mercy? Like you know what I mean. Especially after I've done the same thing to them, I've yeah. messed up too. Mm-hmm. So that 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 forgiveness and that surrender coming to a place where the equalizer of the cross, and you know, He died for all of our sins. Right. I think it's so crucial. Which I think leads us to, I think, our next piece of discussion here is I'd love to hear your thoughts on uh, two pieces, kind of a dual fold uh, question here. First is, you know, what would you say, and you might have already answered part of this 
that's fine. Uh, what would you say to someone who might be broken? And maybe they're helpless. They have nowhere to go. They don't know what to do. They've tried different things. A, how would you suggest they get to God or they get back to that reconciliation, that restoration? Yeah. And then B, the second question is, as a minister or as someone that um, is closely connected intimately to someone in that same position to where they're broken and they're helpless, how would you approach both of those situations? Yeah. Well, that, that's interesting that you bring it this way. Right now, I am dealing with a young couple that um, they are homeless. Sure. And uh, I've been working with them for about a month now, um, trying to help them get back on their feet. Yeah. And one thing, in fact, I had a Bible study with this couple today. That's awesome. And, uh, and I talked to them about honesty. Yeah. Uh, how did they get where they are right now? And uh, not blaming uh, our circumstance, not blaming our parents, not blaming uh, the color of our skin, not blaming those things, but being real honest because a lot of people get into these situations because of their choices. Sure. So I told this couple today that uh, they're, they're pretty hopeless. And uh, I said, the, the most important thing you got to do is take responsibility for whatever actions have put you here. Yeah. And then learn how to pray, learn how to uh, trust God. And, and you know, that, that's, that's kind of, that's almost like a foreign concept, you know, yeah. uh, because of like, well, you know, but, uh, and part of the honesty, uh, the young man that I'm dealing with right now, you know, he, he had addictions and, uh, you know, she, she lost a child, uh, was taken away because of addictions. And I said, being honest, get an honest job. Yeah. Do, do an honest day's labor. And that, uh, it builds their confidence that they can getting back into a normal society. And, uh, as I've seen them now for a month, uh, uh, they're making progress. Uh, awesome. they're still homeless. But today, after our, our time, he called me while I was at work and I couldn't answer right away. But he said, well, we stopped at this place and we talked to a, an apartment manager and it looks like it's going to work out. And what we did, we prayed. And so what, what I say is just to build confidence for the smallest of things. Yeah. Get, you know, then they start to come out of those situations that have been created by their choices. And, and that lets them know that there is hope that you can uh, make your way through it. And, and I, I told him, I said, you know, uh, I try to be the hands. I try to be the mouth. I try to be the feet of God. Yeah. And, uh, when I first met them, uh, they were in a desperate situation. I ended up spending a couple hours with this couple and the Lord spoke to me. He says, you need to give this couple all the money that's in your wallet right now. Yeah. And uh, I was like, well, I had quite a bit of money in my wallet <laughs> to tell you the truth. Yeah. But, and I hesitated for a moment and I, I surrendered my thoughts and said, I'm going to do this. And it made such a difference for that couple at that moment. Yeah. And uh, just helping people in those hopeless situations uh, when they put forth the effort. And that's the second thing I said, you know, 
because I believe God sees each one of us. Like you said, his omniscience, his omnipresence, he's everywhere. And so this couple is trying to do the right things. And if I can just lead them and be there, if I can be the hands of God, the, the feet of God, uh, just to have them on a daily basis, uh, the sacrifice that it requires of me uh, is rewarding, but to see them come out of their hopeless situation. And uh, in, our, in our first Bible study, uh, she's already needed her need, saw her need for salvation uh, because awesome. of some of her choices, and she wants to get baptized. Yeah, yeah. And so that that's how we help people. Uh, that's how we show them that there is hope, uh, that there is a God that you can trust. And uh, when we trust him and, and call on his name in a, in a prayer, uh, he does hear. He does yeah. hear. You know, um, the story of the prodigal son, um, we know the story, but uh, after he had received his hands, went to a foreign land, wasted all that, the Bible says that he came to his senses. He was in a hopeless situation. And that's, you know, a lot of people, that's what we need to be praying for, that they come to that point of realization that they're there. And he was honest. That's the thing. I love the story. That's why I'm saying honesty. Yeah. Um, the prodigal got honest with himself and he was humbled, but we find the story that he was restored. Yeah. And that's the beauty. And that's what I tried to tell this couple that God can restore what you've lost. Uh, he, he can heal the wounds that have come from your hopelessness. And so um, that's, that's one thing that I think that we need to pursue as we're helping people is let's get honest with this situation. Yeah. And sometimes that's very, very hard. But if you can get them to admit that you can go forward and then you can make some real progress. Absolutely. And I believe God sees that also. So. Yeah. Well, I just, you know, you just, you can't get restoration without um, really confronting the need. Yeah. If, you, if you don't confront the need, whether, you know, no matter how hard it is, whether it's an internal need or external need, whether it's an oppressive need where somebody else is oppressing you or you're doing some things that maybe is hurting you, you know, if you don't confront it with God, restoration is impossible. You know, right. it doesn't work without that. Um, something you mentioned that, you know, I wanted to jump on is you mentioned teaching them how to pray, encouraging them that, yeah. you know, I, I find that so powerful because it's one of the only things that the disciples, when they were walking with Jesus, when Jesus was walking the earth, one of the only things they ever asked him was teach us how to pray. Sure. And sure. disciples went to Jesus as teach me how to pray. And I finally, I find that that's kind of a lost doctrine. Almost people don't think about that when they're learning how to pray. They no. think of different words. They sometimes they copy other people and we're trying, always trying to lead them in prayer, which we need to, to a certain extent. Yeah. But it says in James chapter one, verse five, it says, if any of you lack wisdom, ask God and he'll give it freely. So yeah. maybe if you're struggling because you're broken or you're having a hard time communicating with God or having a hard time, with just anything, um, ask God for it and he'll answer. Especially when we openly say, okay, like you're mentioning, I think it's just all tying together. When yeah. we openly surrender to God and says, I, I can't do this on myself. I'm failing. I, I, I'm struggling. I just need your help. And yeah. the Bible says that he hears our voice. He hears his children's voice. Yes. It's such a powerful thing that, no matter what we pray, if it's sincere, it's going to be an answered prayer in some fashion. And it may not, we may not expect the answer, but God's going to answer it in a better way than we could ever imagine. Yeah. You know, 
And it's so precious, just, just the communication that we have access to. Um, Ed, where, where, when did you really feel like, and we're always growing, but when did you really feel like you kind of um, found some maturity in your prayer life? Sure. What are some things that you noticed and what are some things that um, you would teach someone today? Yeah. Well, first, I, when it comes to prayer, um, uh, I always reassure people, if I'm teaching a lesson on prayer, that uh, I want to build their faith in the point that God hears what they're saying. Yeah. You know, and so that, that's where I start. Uh, personally, uh, I have found it. Uh, my, my prayer life has matured in the darkest days and the, yeah. the tragedies of my life. And even in, in leadership, uh, through through my ministry as I have fulfilled several different roles. Uh, I, I need God's assistance. I need God's word to show me how to deal and how to do the right thing as I, I minister, as I lead. And in, in my present role as a presbyter, having the responsibility over uh, a section to have a vision for the section, to have the words to say to ministers that will call me and ask for advice. Those are the kind of things that have matured my prayer life. Yeah. And, uh, uh, again, I, I know I've said this a couple of times and I don't know why I keep saying it, but, but I've learned to be honest with God yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's helped me mature and say, God, I don't know what, I don't know what to say to this person or I don't know how to deal with this problem. And so those are the things that have helped me mature. Uh, like I said, um, I, I use David as an example many times. Uh, because I believe David knew how to pray. When we read the Psalms, uh, time and time again, we read where he, he knew how to pray. And yeah. uh, the Psalm that jumps out at me is the 86th Psalm, uh, where David says, give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer, attend to the voice of my supplication. So, and then he says, in the day of my trouble, I will call upon thee. And then his confidence for thou will answer. And so yeah. that would be the second thing that I teach people in prayer is, Okay, I want you to believe he's going to hear. Now I want you to believe that he's going to answer. Yeah. And a lot of times we, they're, they're, it's not really a prayer. It's just words that we hear ourselves. But our prayers need to come from uh, a sincere heart, like you said, Brother Cribs. And then once we're done speaking, uh, the third thing is I say, okay, now you have to take time to listen. Because what is prayer? Is a conversation. It's a two-way conversation. And so uh, you believe he's here. Uh, you believe he's there. Uh, you, you believe that he's heard you. And then you got to believe that he's going to send you an answer. So that means you have to uh, be quiet. Or because sometimes we like to hear ourselves too much. And so listen, let's be quiet. We told God we don't have to keep repeating ourselves. And sometimes we start using what I would say, vain words. Uh, We start using phrases. But uh, just like we're having a conversation here, Brother Cribs, is I I try to teach people, just tell God how you're really feeling. Uh, um, uh, Say, you know, I I got a financial need, Lord. Uh, I I, I don't have the money to pay the bill. Yeah. You know, just saying those things. uh, uh, Or maybe it's a relationship issue. God, I messed up. I lied, I cheated, whatever it may be, is learning how to be real with God and just say, this is what I did. Uh, I don't know how to fix it. And it never fails. When we get to that point, uh, his presence all of a sudden shows up. 
Absolutely. It's not always in the shout. It's not always in the, the loudness or the many words. Uh, but many times it's in a still small voice. Yeah. And I've had people say, well, I've never heard the voice of God. And uh, that, that's okay to say that. But uh, once we mature in prayer, we, one of the things in maturing in prayer is discerning our thoughts from his thoughts. Right. Yeah. And that means that, okay, I have a thought uh, and that just dropped into my mind. And then all of a sudden that's knowing that that thought came from the Lord. And sure. discerning the difference between the way I would think about something. And then all of a sudden I have a new thought that, oh, I never thought of that. And so that's God putting his thoughts upon us uh, to help us in our situation. And so that's, that's the beauty of consistent prayer. Uh, there's a scripture that come, comes to mind. David said it in Psalms 55, verses 16 and 17. He says, as for me... I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. And then he says, evening, morning, at noon, will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. And so uh, another point that I always teach when I'm teaching on prayer is consistency. Yeah. Uh, too many people, the only time they pray is when they're uh, desperate and in a need. And that's okay. But at the same time, I think if you're going to mature in your personal prayer life, you got to be consistent in it. Yeah. And uh, I, I tell people, and that's one thing that I've told this couple that I'm working with right now is, is uh, uh, make it a priority to spend a couple minutes every day. You don't have to put any big fancy words, but just telling uh, that what you need today, I need food today, or I, I, I need help today. And I said, do that consistently and you will uh, start you know, it, it looks weird. You know, it's like we're just talking to ourselves, but no, we're talking to God yeah. and, and acknowledging in our heart, going back to, we talked about faith, faith that God's heard us, faith that God's going to answer us and having faith, no matter if the answer doesn't come right away, I'm going to wait until it comes. I'm not going to yeah. give up on my prayer. I'm still going to believe that God heard it and that he will answer it in his time. And I think that's where a lot of people struggle is, you know, we live in such a quick instant society, but right. we got to learn how to wait on the Lord and he starts orchestrating. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes when we pray, God has to do a few other things behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense, uh, before he can really answer that prayer. Absolutely. Sometimes and, the heart needs to change. Sometimes a yeah. situation yeah. or financial thing needs to change or business needs to change. And we don't think about it too often because we're very focused on self. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, man, this is, uh, Pastor Father, this has been a phenomenal time. It's, it's been an honor having you on here. And uh, I know people will be blessed on this. If you, anybody has any questions, for those of you that are watching, you can absolutely send them in as a message to us. And Pastor Father, if you had anything else that you'd like to share before we conclude, um, you know, I'd like to give you a moment to do that if you do. Sure, sure. Well, first of all, I want to say uh, I've enjoyed this conversation. I've enjoyed spending this time with you, Brother Cribs. Um, I, I, would I would just say this. Uh, we've talked about you know, faith tonight. We've talked about surrender. We we've talked about hope a little bit. Um, I would tell people in the days that we're living to pursue, pursue God. Uh, he is 
able to do everything that we have need of. And in our pursuit of relationship, he brings peace. Uh, he brings wisdom into our lives. When we pursue him, he doesn't run away from us. He, he stands there with arms open. As we come to him, we pursue him. And the more that we desire to know him, uh, the richer our life becomes. Yeah. And if we can break free from the, the distractions and the things that keep us from pursuing, um, we'll, we'll be so thankful we did. Because yeah. in my life, Brother Cribs, I've learned that I need God's help every day. And Absolutely. so I, I seek him daily. Uh, and, and I've been rewarded in so many ways. And, and I could probably tell you half a dozen stories where I did that first thing in the morning. And God miraculously throughout the day, he prepared me at times. Uh, he's provided for me at times. Uh, he's healed me my physical body at times all because I purposed in my heart to pursue him, to yeah. know him, to trust him. And uh, it, it's, it's never vain. It's never a waste of time to pursue God. And Absolutely. he will be found. Yeah. And that may be reading your Bible. That may be having a, a conversation with someone that, uh, would be an elder that you know that they have a relationship with God. But it's just that that consistent pursuing, you know, and he reveals himself. He, he shows us his ways when we daily uh, seek him um, and, and he makes waves. And uh, when he's found, uh, you feel his love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think that's what you know what we're seeing in the world today. They they don't people don't have a, a true experience of what true love is. Yeah, you know, that's very true. Through seeking Him, we, we really start to feel His love because in return He 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 embraces us and uh, shows us how great His love is. Absolutely, absolutely. That's what I would say. Yeah, yeah. Well, as we conclude here. I wonder if you could just, you know, pray a simple prayer over the people that may be tuning in uh, that would like to kind of practice some of the things that you're talking about and that we discussed tonight. Sure. I'd be happy to do that. Dear Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for uh, that amazing grace. And we thank you for the sacrificial love that you gave to us on Calvary. And Lord, we, we thank you tonight uh, for the opportunity to talk about you, to have faith in you to learn how to surrender to you, to obey you, and to help us in all of our situations that we go through in life. Uh, there's nothing that you cannot do. And so as we pray in these closing moments tonight, Lord, uh, whoever's listening, I, I pray that they will have the courage to open their mouths and to speak honestly and truthfully to you. And then you will not condemn them, Lord, but you will love them. Lord, the, the price for all of our sin has already been paid. Uh, and we will have to put our hope in that, that the shed blood that came from Calvary has covered our sin, that has made a way for us to live a life of peace and contentment and happiness. Lord, you made a promise that you would give us an abundant life. And anyone tonight that has heard these words, 
Lord, that you would show them your, your heavenly virtue, your power to do all things. And we thank you for your name. We thank you for the wonderful word you give us in your scripture. And we thank you for ministers, Lord, that have helped us, that have guided us, that has discipled us into that fold that you are over. I thank you tonight. I pray your blessing on Brother Cribs, Lord, as he does this podcast, that you will give him great favor and that there will be many souls that he will be able to reach as he ministers in this way for your kingdom, Lord. We always trust you and we always uh, lean on you for all our needs. I thank you tonight. I pray this in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. I believe it. Well, thank you so much again. It's been an honor to have you on. For those that are listening, you know, go ahead and share this with somebody that you think would uh, be beneficial for them. Don't share it just for the numbers, but share it just because, you know, God's good. He's there for us. He's there for us whenever we need it. And he loves us. So I hope you guys have a fantastic evening. And we'll see you guys next week on Saturday. Thanks for joining us at Sustaining Life Podcast today. We pray that this time has blessed you. Be sure to check the show notes. It will tell you how to contact us. Whether you want prayer or you want to share something exciting with us or you just want to connect, check it out. We'll love for you to follow us at Sustaining Life Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Join us throughout the week for more Sustaining Life.